Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for joining us today on um, the interaction of both positive and, and negative feelings that come along with motherhood. And this is a really important topic for our listeners because um, in society, sometimes we don't always get the big picture or all of the picture of motherhood. And um, I'm really glad that you're here to talk about it. So if you don't mind introducing yourself by giving us your name and, and age and um, how old your child is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So, yep, my name's Megan. Um, I am 28 and I have a um, almost 10-month-old son now. So almost, almost a full year. Thanks so much for that. And are you partnered and are you working currently? Yes. So I am married. Um, my husband and I have been together for five and a half years and I am a full-time working mom. So I do have a full-time job, um, which is probably part of what we'll get into here today, but definitely a, a hard uh, balance for sure in this first year of his life to figure, figure that out. Sure. Yeah. And so I guess I want to start out by asking you, um, do you consider being a mom as part of your identity currently? Um, absolutely. I do. I do see it as part of my identity. Mm -hmm. And how do you see that interacting with your other identities? And if you don't mind telling us some of those other identities that you hold. Yeah. So I will say interacting with my other identities it always there's always like a ebbs and flows push and pull of just how can I do this and also motherhood so I feel like with all my other identities um it's kind of like I am a uh working person and also a working mom um I am a Christian woman and I'm also a Christian woman mom so I feel like that's how the interaction of my um, different identities that I have, um, I feel like it almost integrates my motherhood identity into them. Um, it's There's always kind of that lingering uh, just pressure or just always there um, as being a mother as well. Yeah, sure. I think that really captures it really well too of you're Christian, you're working full time, but your Christian mom, your full-time mom and right. a full-time employee. And hard to have it just be like a separate identity. Cause I think like I'm a working mom, I'm a Christian woman, like those are or working employee, full-time employee, a Christian woman. Um, like those can be very like independent sometimes. Um, but I think when you mix, when you have the identity of becoming a motherhood, I've noticed at least those identities start to change and shift um, much more. Um, and I think there's an, there, like your identities, like different ways that you identify make you up as a person, right? So you're always going to kind of have those types of um, those identities mixed in with yeah. what you're doing. But yeah, motherhood definitely has kind of changed each one of those a little bit. Do you mind talking about that a little bit more of maybe how you identified before and what that looked like and how that's changed and what it looks like now? Absolutely. So with being um, like full-time work um, employee, I work a 
pretty demanding job. I am a, um, I actually recently took a promotion as well within the last year so or a few months. So um, I feel like before I had my son, I was very like aware of the time that I was investing into my career. I didn't mind working a little bit later into the night or needing to wake up early um, and just the demanding pressures that that brought. Um, but then now when I'm after having my son in this past year, just navigating, like I need to be done at this time because he needs my attention and he needs my schedule um, because he needs to be fed. He needs to be um, just taken care of. And so I think that definitely just navigating that and the um, professional world was very difficult at first to try to figure out. And I'm definitely fortunate to be in a very family friendly first um, place. Yeah. but even with that it's the pressure of like oh well this person is able to stay on later um and I just I can't do that I have to get off this meeting and I feel like I'm gonna miss something important that they're gonna review um so just that pressure of like priorities right that just shifts like that's what I've seen the most um change in um and then yeah with my as far as the my uh, being a Christian, um, that is a, how I live my life. Um, and so that does kind of guide those principles do guide how I make decisions. And, um, but sometimes like the way that people around you are like the Christian people around me, sometimes just, um, there's a stigma that the Christian mother has to be the home cooker, the, mm -hmm. Um, person who makes all the dinners has the great meals and has there is that sort of stigma in the culture and um, the homeschooling mom and just really like investing her life into her children and I think there's an aspect of that that is um, just very is natural for a woman to fall into there's that motherly instinct um, but that is not quite natural for me that's something that I have to my husband does a lot of the cooking in our house um, especially since my son was born I tried to be nice the other day and make a meal for us for dinner and it did not turn out good. I <laughs> forgot how to cook because uh, he does most of that. So those sort of gender role stereotypes are just very prevalent in that in that Christian um, community sometimes. Um, I wouldn't say generally uh, like across the board is always there, just in the communities that we run around sometimes we I do feel that pressure. Um, and it's just really trying to break through those pressures and just be like, you know, like that isn't what brings joy to my life. It isn't what brings um, me like satisfaction in that role. Um, like we as a family unit, my husband thrives when he's cooking. So I would much rather him do that um, than for myself. And so, um, yeah, and just realizing like I am a full-time mom, so I can't do all these things. Um, and I think I felt that a lot when I was deciding to do um, breastfeeding and that whole um, struggle. Any woman out there who's probably listening, who's had a child um, can probably relate to some sort of feeding struggle or some sort of how do you, how do we have our baby gain weight or, and then they're transitioning yet another time. Like, what do they need? So um, yeah, just really trying to 
cut through the noise and figure out what works for your family um, has been a lot of a huge theme for us this past, I guess, 10 months to a year. Yeah. I mean, you talk about juggling a lot and then you're adding this new ball that you start to juggle as a baby, but then this ball splits into like 10, right? It's like feeding, like sleeping, watching them, cooking, like it's all these that you're trying to juggle at once. And I want to hear more actually about the struggles and the, and the breastfeeding. But before we move there, I'm curious if you don't mind going into how you felt that pressure from others, if it was more undertones, if there are things that were said, or if it was like through the grapevine, things that you heard people saying. And um, if you don't mind just telling us a little bit about that and your reaction. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it comes from just like, I didn't, I didn't really grow up around kids or like babies. Like we, I'm not like a huge, like baby person. (laughs) And so, um, when we first like started to think about having kids and we were just knew we'd have a pretty big learning curve more so than if like we had been around kids. Um, and so, anytime that we'd look out to like people and be like, what was your experience like? Or it was, there was a very common theme um, amongst the people that we were interacting with. Um, And so I think the pressure of just like multiple people doing the same thing. And so like, just um, in our circles, there's a lot of women who do homeschool. There are a lot of women who aren't working and just staying home with the kids. And it was really hard for me to just find someone who, that wasn't my experience and it wasn't what my experience was going to be because I knew I was going to still be working full-time. And so just trying to find, just hearing a lot of the similar experiences in the community, I think put the pressure on, well, that must be the norm then. That must be what is um, expected of me. Um, So I don't think it was any like direct, like this is what you do. It just, as I looked into like different, um, feeding methods or just different ways that people were like living their life with kids and stuff, like just not seeing the commonality of like what my experience would be like. I don't know if that makes sense. No. Yeah. When you started explaining that, I got almost this like visual of, you know, this cookie cutter neighborhood and all the houses look the same. And then you're there and you're building it and it's like, you're painting it purple and purple is fine, but purple is not like the standard eggshell white that all the other houses yeah, are. And it's so. not like everyone was like, well, you have to paint it this way or do this color. It was just but like, it stood out for them. Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't because they were like, oh yeah, like we just never had a, like that was never something we needed to experience. So they just never had to like give that type of advice or opinions. And like when I was looking around for like childcare, when I had to go back to work, it was so hard just to find like, what do you d- use? And they're like, oh, like, families in town because that's the, another thing we um, are located like very far from family we don't have any family near us um, so anyone that I was talking to was just like yeah we just like two times I go into work two times a week so I just use my mother-in-law for those two days and I work like five hours those days or um, we alternate or so like they have different Um, again, it makes, it's what works for their family unit, but then the pressure of like, well, am I making the right decision being still being a full-time working mom? Yeah. Um, and what does that even look like? How can you have healthy 
balance of being, and I don't have the answer. I'm still figuring that out because um, ultimately there are seasons where just something is going to get sacrificed because of the amount of time you have in a day. You just can't do everything uh, exactly like you would want it to if that was your full attention. So yeah, yeah just balancing that is difficult. Yeah. What typically gets sacrificed for you? Is it like self-care? Is it time with your husband? Is it um, like, what's the first thing that normally goes? And you're like, yeah, wish I could have done that, but yeah, honestly, I think um, when you first asked the question, I, I kind of just thought of it as like, like perfection almost. Oh yeah. Like, I feel like in my job, like I would try to do like X, Y, Z. And like, these are the tasks that I would do to like get the project fully completed. Um, but ultimately just trying to figure out what the end goal is and being like, I can get there by just doing this one step and it might not have my T's crossed and my I's dotted, but it gets the goal accomplished. Um, and same with like, um, like motherhood, like it's getting like the laundry done, but it's not going to be folded. Like it'll just be in the basket for a week sort of thing. Yeah. And I'll pull it from the basket. So just having things like done to get the goal accomplished, I feel like is what like almost, uh, yeah, just getting the task done to the, and not feeling like everything needs to be like crisp. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, other than just like generally like that, I feel like definitely time with my husband, we do try to put aside time when my um, son goes to bed to like just be together and have those routines. Um, but yeah, those are things that we're still trying to figure out because he's full-time school right now as well. So he has a crazy schedule as well. So trying to just find those pockets of time um, where we can just hang, hang out and not feel the pressure of everything else going on. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's probably the first thing that gets sacrificed. Um, I do, we do have, my husband have very equal um, responsibilities with my son. So we do like give each other time for like the self-care things that we need. And that's been really important for us because we're only going to be as strong as we can if we both have that time. So we do, do value that. So I try not to sacrifice those things that bring me some, some peace. But again, it's probably like before, um, like I love getting my nails done and like go like doing like going to the salon and stuff like that. But now it's like, well, this week it might just be like a shower that takes, and I just take like do my like own nails and like just take an hour to do it instead of going somewhere and taking like a whole afternoon to do it. Um, it might just be again, sacrificing that like perfection or exactly what you want, but still getting like the self-care I need to just reconnect, uh, and really take in that time. Which is super important, right? Like you were saying, you're only as good as like the other person can be. And so like giving yourself both that time is really important. You're describing, um, you know, it sounds like previously you were more perfectionistic, eyes dotted, T's crossed. When you were picturing motherhood, is this exactly what you pictured or is this different from what you thought it was going to be? Oh gosh, that's always a hard question for me to answer. I really, I really don't know what I was expecting, honestly. Um, I really don't know. I think um, I anticipated to, anticipated motherhood to be hard. 
Um, but I didn't know in like what that meant. Like I was like, I knew it was going to be a, a new challenge. It was this new identity that I was taking on was going to be difficult, but I just could not even imagine like in what ways would it challenge me and what ways would I be forced to grow? Um, so I think the ways that it has challenged me and it has grown me, um, were surprising, I guess is the best way to put it. We're just, it was just ways that like, um, I'm trying to think of an example to give. Um, but like, I knew it would be like, it would stretch my patience. Right. Like, so I anticipated it being hard and like really stretching my patience, but in the, in practicality, it's like, I had no idea what to anticipate with like a crying baby late at night, like, it's like keeping you up. And then, you knowing you have a important meeting in the morning, right. You have to get at least four hours. If you're going to be even like remotely functional for that meeting. Um, and then your patience just goes out the window. And like, there's that, those are the types of things that, um, I don't think I could have prepared for or anticipated without experiencing it. And it's just a different type of experience experience unlike anything else um yeah it sounds like you knew a bit right that like oh there'd be sleepless nights but it's the same thing as someone describing a uh uh this is going to be like an extreme and I'm not comparing motherhood to this but like describing like a black hole is one thing and then being in a black hole is like completely different and it's like absolutely oh I knew there'd be sleepless nights and then to be a part of those sleepless nights like oh, this is what a sleepless night is like. Yeah, and I, like, didn't anticipate the, like, anger or the, like, just, like, at at my wit's end, like, and, like, frustration. Like, I did not, I could not anticipate, like, what that would feel like, all the emotions behind that. And I feel like we just don't talk about that in our, like, culture. It's, like, oh yeah, like we had a, it's like really bad, like in the, like sleepless nights, like what you're saying, like somebody can explain that to you, but like, to be like, yeah, it like really like for like, you have to take a step back in those moments and be like, wow, like I'm so angry or I'm so frustrated, um, at this just situation, but then it's just like making you feel like you're kind of (laughs) crazy and nobody, like, we just don't talk about like the feelings of what that brings on, Um, when you are sleep deprived, when you are in the middle of it, in the middle of the night, like, how do you really take a step back? Cause this baby, he, he doesn't know that he's like causing these intense feelings and emotions and anger in you, or like just frustration in you. Um, he just needs to be cared for in that moment. And he's just looking to you for that help. And so there's like a moment where you're just like needing to figure out how to get past that and still help him um, but it's hard. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think one of the, one of many important things that you said in there is that it's not really communicated. And like in our culture, we don't really talk about, it's like, oh, I had a sleepless night, but you don't really go on to say, yeah, I was really angry and I was really frustrated. And this is going to be a multi-layer question. So if you need a second to think. You need to probably give me a second then. Yeah. I'm curious what constructs in society do you think make it hard to share, you know, negative feelings around being a mother, taking that step further and being like, I had a sleepless night and this is what it was like. 
what do you think kind of prevents that communication? Um, yeah, I think, I feel like there's a couple things to it. Like if you're talking with another parent who's kind of gone through it, you almost just like say it and assume that your experiences are the same. Um, and that you don't want to like identify exactly what you went through because this stick with me, this might be a, a roundabout answer, but I feel like there's sometimes it's like, you know what it's like, and I know what it's like. So we don't like need to really acknowledge it with each other. Um, you could just kind of stay the blanket statement and like people, but people are going to experience things differently. Um, and so, um, if somebody doesn't experience it the same exact way, it just feels like a miss. So it's easier to just say, oh, we had a sleep this night and you interpret it how you interpret it. And like, you can then contribute to the conversation or what we're going through from the way your lens, instead of me really ex- like giving my experience um, cause the space for it, if my experience is different than your experience, it's then you're afraid of being uh, missed. If that makes mm. sense the yeah. fear of just being like misunderstood. Um, but I think there's, I definitely experience like in, in my, in some of my communities and some of my circles, like people being more open to talking about it. Um, and I've been fortunate enough that like people can hear like oh I had a sleepless night or it was like a really rough night and they kind of did they do ask um and giving me the space for it so fortunately I do get that um time to be like yeah it is hard um but I think people who have had sleepless nights not because of the baby (laughs) just like don't know to even ask those types of questions um to give you the space to vocalize it because I think that's something that I've learned so much through motherhood is like just giving people this space um, that they feel that they wouldn't ask for normally, you know, like, and I mean, that goes to like anything, any types of um, things people are going through. Like sometimes like what they're saying, they need like prompt to go further. Like they need just like, yes, this is a safe place to be vulnerable. This is a safe place for us to kind of engage in like that next level of conversation. So I don't know if I answered your question directly. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think too, it sounds like overall you feel comfortable sharing some negative feelings at different levels um, with some people. Do you feel more comfortable sharing that with some people more than others? And what do you think influences that for you? It's probably the environment or the space. Um, it's just sometimes not appropriate to go there because of the relation, like if it's a professional relationship, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what would like prevent me from, I think it would just be if the other person is like not willing to like allow the vulnerability maybe. Yeah. Um, and just kind of either cause they're uncomfortable or they don't know how to relate to it. Cause I think that's, that's a huge thing. Like you can, I can tell you how I'm feeling and like be okay with like any type of response from your experience. But if you kind of are a person like if somebody's trying to talk to me about something that I just cannot relate to, I'm probably going to cut that conversation off 
sooner. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question either. I, I don't really know if I like have really processed that to be honest, like when, and when I don't talk about it, I think if it's just, if it naturally can flow into it, then great. Um, and I try not to hide it. Cause I think that was like the one thing that when people are like asking like, oh, what's your experience been like, or specifically regarding motherhood, I try to be as open as I can, um, with what we're, what, whatever they're asking about. Um, because I just find the more that we can talk about it, the better we're all going to be. But I think it does, there is still some uncomfortability for people if they don't know how to respond because they don't know how to, how, like what they, what that experience is like. There's kind of like a stigma that like, if, cause you don't understand, then you probably don't, shouldn't speak up on it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, do you mind talking about some of your more positive and more negative feelings that you've experienced during these past 10 months as being a mom? Um, yeah, so just like what it's been like. Um, giving that space for, so this is the invitation for those negative feelings or times that have come up. Um, you know, there's this theme that regret is some something that's like so strong and shouldn't be had at all like if there's any moments where you're like oh shoot is this what I wanted or if there's any times where you were like this is really hard and not what I had wanted or expected at all and I think that there's a stigma around you can't feel that as a mom right you've got to just love your child and like when you are complaining, not complaining, when you are saying, man, this is a really hard night, but I wouldn't take it away for that caveat. Like just leave it open and like talk about that without those. Yeah. That's actually something, um, that I definitely worked through like the whole, like just even pregnancy and then, um, maternity leave and then going back to work. Like right when I went back to work, Um, and I was trying to figure everything out and balancing everything. It was a lot. It was just, there was a lot of, um, things to just work through and process and just make sure that I was like keeping myself in check. But I did feel like to end a conversation, if I was like talking with a coworker or somebody, um, to end the conversation, you just naturally are kind of like, Oh, but he's worth it. I love him so much. Like kind of this, this like facade for like, okay, now we can transition. But I realized that really was not doing anything for my mental health. Like I was just saying it to just make sure like the person understood, like, because even if I'm complaining or saying like, this was difficult, I need to make sure that you still know that I still love him. Um, and I don't think that our society can handle the tension of like, I can be upset about something and not need to justify that I still am love this person just in general. Um, that's not something that we handle well. It's kind of like 
black and white. It's very like, well, if they make you feel this way, then you must not like them. And it's like black and white, but people are messy. There's a lot of messiness in relationships and even a mother son relationship, husband, wife relationship, any type of relationship, there's just going to be lots of gray area. So I found myself really trying to stop that kind of like, oh, but it's the best. Um, to justify whatever I was saying and just let it be that. Cause that helped me just have like the space that I needed to not feel like I had to put on a face or had to put on a, I don't know, just like expectation, um, for those around me to like, be like, I don't know. I think it's just because at the end of the day, I have to realize I'm not, the only thing I'm doing is not just complaining, right? Like I'm also talking about like, oh, he just like started saying like a new kind of like noise, which is so funny. Like I'm excited that he went like, nah, and like saying new kind of noises and sounds. And I talk about that just as much as I would want. I talk about like a difficult feeding or um, like, like when I, we were going through, um, when I went back to work, I was pumping. Um, and that was just really hard. Like how to have to excuse myself from meetings and pump. And, um, again, the missing out on those things. So, um, those like conversations at work, but I have to, I had to just be like, if I, if this is my identity and who I am just naturally, I'm going to be talking about the good things and the bad things. So I don't need to hold the bad things in tension with the good things. I can just let them exist as I'm feeling them and let the, them, yeah, yeah. know that is <laughs> me as a person just talking about what's going on and not need to kind of justify. I think that's really common to what you're saying of, oh, this is really hard, but I wouldn't change it. Oh, this is really hard, but I love him so much. And I think that also... I had used that incorrect diction of complaining, right? I think especially when you just talked about that second layer, that should be a first layer, right? Of like, you're talking about your mental health and like, that's important to communicate. And it's like, I'm feeling X because Y happened. And I'm curious if people's reactions changed at all when you stopped putting that caveat there of, but I wouldn't change it. Um, did their reaction or response change at all to that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like my, one of my close girlfriends at work, she even like, it's not like we acknowledged that we were doing this with each other, but she even stopped doing it. And was just like, this is the emotion. Don't need to justify it. Don't need to, whether good, bad, whatever, like I am, this is how I'm feeling. And we kind of would stop being like, Oh, but they're the best. They're the best. Here's a picture. Like, and kind of, um, gave the freedom to just experience the, the emotion that we're feeling. So, um, yeah. And then I think, again, it just creates a space of vulnerability because I think it's, it's, it's crazy when you do start to open yourself up to people or just be able to just be like, this is how I'm feeling. And I trust you enough. And you do have to be discerning enough to like know who you can and can't open up to. Um, but when you're in a safe, trusting space, and you do open up, um, you just invite so much depth and so like another person to open up. So there's then other conversations that we're able to move into, um, that we would not have otherwise had if I tried to just 
button it up with a, or tied up with like a nice bow on top. Um, I really like that. I really like that because not only does it change the narrative of us to be able to say our true feelings without tying that bow, but it also something positive comes out of it too for you at times. It sounds like, oh, you get those deeper levels of connection, right? And, and new types of relationships that go more in depth. And I think that that is really important. I have one final question for you, Megan. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think is important to communicate to individuals who are thinking about becoming moms or currently going through it um, that you had either wished you'd known or looking back advice you would give to yourself? Yeah, what an awesome question. I um, I feel like when you're making these types of decisions, um, it is such a part of like your womanhood and like you just learning who you are, um, as just even a person and you are going to make the best decision for yourself and for your family. But if you allow people to be in that with you and working through the emotions and what, even if you're just choosing to not have kids or adopt or just foster, like there's so many ways that you can become a mother. And if you allow people into that, you might, not get um well let me rephrase that if you if you invite people into that you might get like a couple people who like don't quite understand don't quite um connect with you but if you keep going you will find somebody who's going through a similar experience or some sort of processing the same way as you just to help you not feel alone in that because I think that's sometimes we're like and I've been guilty of this when I've like turned to look for connection or turned to look for someone, someone, a mom going through a similar thing and their experience is not quite the same as mine. I either get discouraged, get frustrated and I'm all alone and I, and then I just stop there. But if I allowed myself to kind of continue looking and just continuing to talk about it, um, I, I, I did find people who had similar interests, which allowed me to just bounce ideas off and be able to just not be as alone. So um, that goes for motherhood, especially, but I do think that's like kind of life in general too. like, just because one person isn't understanding your experience or what you're working through um, doesn't mean that there's no one out there to help you process what you're processing because ultimately you will make the best decision for yourself um, and your family but um, there's value in the in community and being with people going through similar things so I guess my 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 uh, main piece of advice is whatever wherever you're at on the scale of motherhood um, just keep keep reaching out to people um, don't get discouraged when one person, doesn't get it. Um, that's going to happen, but keep, keep reaching out. I love that. There are so many golden nuggets in what you said there, the reaching out, the connecting, it's okay to have negative feelings and feel isolated, but just make sure you keep going and don't get discouraged and find, push yourself to find that connection. I think that's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on and talking today, Megan. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I think that this was really important. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate this a lot too. So thanks.